All right, so what are we doing here, Jennifer? We are recording our introduction for our new season of Paper Cut Pandemic Style 2020. Woo! Yes, woo! When, when did this start? This started in, like, trick question, April of 2019. <laughs> we were just saying 2020. I keep thinking anything before the COVID pandemic is 2019, but it was still 2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this all started <laughs> five years ago in April. Kind of feels like it. <laughs> when we interviewed Anna Bugby. Um, yeah, so this entire season is being recorded uh, in a very socially distanced fashion over for Zoom or Skype or Anchor or whatever service. Um, the way this season is going to be working is that we're going to be releasing episodes every two weeks. And it is concerning people that we both speak to online, but also a program that Jennifer, you and I are both part of, uh, run by Transformer here in D.C., where we had live Zoom recordings of podcasts. And what can we say about the Transformer program? So the Transformers program was an exercises program where they invite emerging artists working within a specific field to come and participate in what turned into like an awkwardly bi-weekly Zoom meeting between the participants and the mentors. And so Christopher being the coordinator of the program went and selected different mentors who kind of focused around zines and small press publications. And so um, we're able to like take a tour of like print studios and kind of see different publishers and kind of how they work within the publishing realm and what they're publishing and so on. All while the actual participants of the program actually produced a zine for themselves that was partially funded by Transformer. And those are the projects that we talked about during our live Zoom podcast recording episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the season's going to be interesting. Yeah, It's like one episode interview, just me, you, and and one other person. And then the following installment will be... Uh, a couple people from this Transformer zine program talking about their experience producing zines um, and their experience producing zines in quarantine. Uh, so yeah, these next like 10 episodes or so are going to be documenting some very interesting times in people's lives. And us and complaining, about te- complaining about technology. Exactly. And <laughs> it's it's really wild going back to listen to these as we're editing because there's obviously always a, a lag between when we re- record and collect conversations are released for the podcast. But n- in the history of paper cuts, never has that lag so dramatically showed how things have been changing so rapidly than just like the few months between when like these first few episodes were recorded and where we're at now. Um, everything feels very obvious. Thank <laughs> you.
Anna Bugby, and you are listening to Paper Cuts. So this is Paper Cuts. I'm your host, Christopher Cardenvicus, joined by co-host Jennifer Lillis, and we're talking with Anna Bugby. Anna, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And Jennifer, also thank you for joining us from your uh, isolated location in Virginia. <laughs> thanks. so um yeah i think a good place to start is just by saying where we're all at because we are having this conversation recording a interview um in the uh early days of april as we're all on lockdown or at least safely isolated at home in times of coronavirus um i'm in dc jennifer's in virginia and Anna, where are you at? I am in Salt Lake City, Utah. And how 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 are you doing? How are you doing and how are things in Salt Lake? They are weird for sure, but I know they're not as bad as they are in um, a lot of bigger cities in the country. Um, we are technically on lockdown. Um, that just mm-hmm. started last week that they said they would enforce it with a misdemeanor. Um, yeah but there are some places that are still open um i am very fortunate that i'm still able to work at the botanical garden because they still have a greenhouse full of thousands of plants that need to be kept alive so i was lucky enough to be on the essential list of people for that so i have been going into work four days a week to do that Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. That's certainly not a work at home situation. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, other than doing that, I'm staying at home, but I'm not in like full quarantine mode where I'm just home all day, every day, like a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you, what are you doing at the botanical garden? Um, So I'm in the greenhouse taking care of all the plants. It's a lot of hand watering. Um, We have four bays which are basically just like four large greenhouses that are all connected and yeah there's I don't know how many but it's for sure in the thousands of plants that are in there um they all need to be watered and transplanted and just various things involving keeping them all happy that's amazing yeah yeah it's a really nice place to be um I mean especially during this time but yeah I feel very grateful to be there right now yeah and it's kind of amazing like so many of us are trying to find ways to to be outside and to connect with yeah. nature in some way um yeah so it's how, incredible you have how are you guys doing with that are you both like fully at home what's what's your situation I mean we've been isolated I mean like voluntary isolation since like our spring break at George Mason technically right yeah yeah so it would have been like middle of March okay I mean I'm introverted so it doesn't really like, <laughs> I don't really notice it as much yeah. as people do but... yeah it is nice that the stay-at-home orders here do make exclusions for like going outside and getting exercise because I've yeah. been able to take advantage of the parks here oh um, good and doing oh, some running and everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the trails are not large enough for people to really stay six feet away from each other. <laughs> yeah. um, 
but and I've done a lot of reading that says that uh, running outside should still be fine, even if everyone's a little bit closer. Yeah, I'm. I might just be grasping. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I move at speed, and I also (laughs) grasp at whatever straws I can find that tell me that I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, that's all we can do, man. Yeah, so important for your mental health too to be able to get outside and get some exercise. But. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess like with you with the botanical garden, it's so nice you have a it seems like you have like a routine. Yeah. That is built around like caring for something that is not yourself also. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's good for me to have a place I need to wake up and be because otherwise I sleep in pretty late. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, having that little bit of routine is really nice. I also saw that you have been working on Prince at Home during all this as well. Can you tell us a little bit about like what your home studio is like and what your your process is? Yeah, so I just recently moved into a new apartment at the beginning of February. And it's the first time I have like a separate studio room in a while, which is really nice. Um, yeah. But it's still just like a, a bedroom, basically nothing fancy. Um, but yeah, I've been working on some relief prints. Um, so I was about to say lino block prints, but it's not actually linoleum. It's like the easy cut, speedy carve stuff, with the rubber stamp stuff, basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that's mm-hmm. super easy to print at home without a press. Um, so yeah, I'm working on a print right now that has some botanical inspiration um (laughs) and it's also the first time trying a new technique where um, i cut part of the image out and ink that up in one color and then ink up the other piece and then put them together and print them both at the same time so you can make like a multicolored print out of one block um, so it's oh, yeah, been yeah. fun to experiment with that. That's great. Yeah. Um, so you have this like new, newer like home studio situation. Do you typically have access to a press in Salt Lake? Yeah. So there's actually a really great member-run um, printmaking studio here called Saltgrass, and they yeah. have screen printing equipment that I've been using. And then they also have etching and litho and everything um, that I haven't used that stuff yet, but I would love to at some point. And I was actually scheduled to teach a paper marbling and Japanese bookbinding class there at the end of April, which is obviously canceled for now, but hopefully we'll get rescheduled at some point soon. Um, But yeah, it's a really great community shop and just really really nice to have access to that um they actually are still open right now but i've just kind of been choosing to try to isolate as much as i can so it's i mean it's also just nice to have stuff to work on at home but yeah i look forward to doing some classes there in the future yeah i actually i wanted to ask you a little about working from um, and actually, I'll, I'll open this up, Jennifer. Like, please let me know what, what some of your thoughts are, mm-hmm. because as we're getting deeper into this, like, uh, stay-at-home situation, and of course, we're talking just a few days or just a day, really, after the uh, LA Art Book Fair would have wrapped up, yeah. which is such a huge thing yeah. in our community. 
And over social media, there's all these uh, initiatives or like hashtags or people are really posting towards things that they're working on at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know some of your thoughts about that, like drive towards creativity or productivity during these strange times. And if you feel like you should be making things or if you're making things in order to process things or uh, like what's your relationship with work at a time that is such uh, an uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have felt like I should be making stuff, you know, I'm like, okay, well, even though I'm still going to work, so I don't have as much time as I wish I did, um, it's it's still nice to, in a way, I felt like it's nice to make distractions of, like, social things that I feel like I should be doing, and instead I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go home and focus on my stuff, and it's kind of nice to know that, like, the only thing I really have to do. So it's, I mean, yeah. obviously I have, you know, other life things to take care of and stuff. So it's been, for me, it's a matter of just like setting the time aside of like, okay, today's going to be my day where I'm going to do the proofing or work on this part of the print or whatever. Um, but it's, for me, it's actually been kind of nice to kind of focus in more on what I actually want to get done and like, in a way, I've almost thought of it as, like, utilizing this time as my own little stay-at-home residency. Because it's like, okay, I have all yeah. of these tools and equipment and materials in my studio. And now I have time. So what am I going to do with all of this? You know? And it's... Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a matter of figuring out what exactly you do want to do. Yeah, I think it's really nice that um kind of when you're working from home, it's something that I've experienced kind of, you're a lot more hands-on with like process of mm-hmm. printing. I mean, printmaking is very hands-on in the first place, but. um, Yeah. And I actually haven't, um, I mean, I used to be really into block printing, but I actually haven't really done it in a while. And I, when I was like in the beginning phases with this image of sketching it out and stuff, I was like, okay, do I want to make a screen print or a block print? And I wasn't really sure. And it was, like, kind of right as all this stuff was getting started. So I was like, I don't know, maybe I should just do something that I can print at home. And I'm so glad I did because, um, <laughs> yeah, it ended up working out. But, yeah, it's also, um, I mean, that's another part of my process is, like, figuring out how I want to manipulate the image or how I want to interpret it to turn it into a print and it's just always kind of fun to think about like block print versus screen print as far as like layering the colors and you know if the image is carved it has a very different quality to it that you can get with like the lines and uh graphics that you can use with screen printing um but yeah and thinking in reverse yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't forget that (laughs) but yeah i really love doing things by hand and so I love that I can just do the whole process from start to finish without a computer for the block printing. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like you can do amazing things with the computer. And I love like the ways that it can help me do cool stuff when I use it for screen printing. But it's like kind of satisfying to not have to use the computer, you know, when you just sketch it out and then carve it straight into the block. Like there's something nice about that. Yeah. So you're 
and also like you're so well versed in printmaking, these ideas of knowing uh, what processes are going to best serve the image and what you want to pull out of it. Can you talk a little bit about your history in print in printmaking? Um, yeah, so I studied printmaking at NYU. Um, and I actually, I started at the University of Oregon. That's where I took my first woodcut class, um, which was super fun. I'd never done anything like that before. Um, and then yeah. at NYU, I learned all of the other forms of printmaking, except litho. I've never actually done litho. Um, but then I was fortunate enough after I graduated, I got a job at what was then called Excel Fine Art, which was a fine art screen printing studio run by Luther Davis. And it's now become Powerhouse uh, Print Shop. Luther still runs it. Um, and mm -hmm. it's an amazing uh, screen printing studio that we do really large scale. I say weeks. I still feel like I'm part of the family. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I left there this was two years ago. Um, but yeah, so they do really large scale printing. Their biggest screens are 10 feet long, I think. Um, and wow. it's, yeah, of like giant panels we do some enormous panels for Lorna Simpson where there's would be like two or three of those big screens tiled together um and like giant canvases um and then also paper editions but yeah so I learned so much about the world of fine art printmaking from working there just getting the colors and layering them and then of course all of the computer techniques of separating colors and like trapping and um like layering the colors like ways so that they all fit together and cover what's underneath um and then even just you know like packaging things and cutting it down and like the everything that goes into it on the final stages um but yeah and we'd also print with enamel like on glass and metal and Oh, all wow. sorts of fun stuff so yeah i learned a lot from working there it was a really great experience and were you working there when you started gold brains press um yeah at that i actually started technically when i was still in school because i was doing more book stuff in school mm -hmm. and so that's when i started gold brain press um and then yeah it was really great to have access to the print shop because I'd get like free paper and could use the press and um, to print my own work. So it was really nice. I do miss that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was very informative for my practice at the time, for sure. But it is also nice now having more of my own time to focus on my own work. I mean, I... I would do some of my own projects there, but it was a, you know, full-time 40 hours a week and like really exhausting physical yeah. labor. So like there are a lot of days where I came home, couldn't do anything else, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, even though I do miss it in a lot of ways, I'm grateful that now I have more time to focus on my own work. So it's been nice. 
And how long were you in New York City? Because that's uh, for, where, where we met. Yeah, right? yeah, I was there for six years total. Yeah, and so I was working at, it, at the time that I was working at, it was called BRT Print Shop. Um, it's gone through a few name changes, but I was there for three years. Yeah. And in your book work, um, so you started doing books and zines and editions uh, with Goldbrain, or was that during your studies before you really formalized the ideas of the press? Um, yeah, I mean, I started making books and stuff when I was in school, and it was actually one of my teachers, Jonathan Berger, who kind of encouraged me to do the whole press idea, because I was doing some collaborative projects with friends where I would turn either their images or like poems or something that they've written I would kind of interpret that and then turn it into a book um Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think it was my senior year of school that I started Gold Brain Press as kind of a publishing project um and yeah and then it's just continued on from there because I originally I made a lot of like really elaborate ornate artist books where I would only make one or two copies and then as I've started doing more book fairs and stuff like that I've started doing more zine type things where I can make a larger edition more easily Um, and then here I've actually I was doing the farmer's markets um, which of course are canceled now but I got to do three of those yeah before they got canceled so that's been another fun thing that's been like influential and in kind of how I decide what I want to make um yeah and in a lot of your work at least like when we met um I feel like there's a lot of overlapping themes that we're both exploring like you have a cosmic bent to a lot of what you're doing mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of outer space imagery, geometry, yeah. um, an exploration of the landscape, which I'm sure has only gotten in, like deeper as you're getting into Salt Lake City and living there for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, is there anything that I'm missing? And also, like, what drew you to some of these uh, locations or places to be exploring? Um, you mean like living in Salt Lake now, or like the imagery that I've chosen? I guess the imagery that you've that you've chosen. Um, yeah, I have. Well, so I grew up in Utah, and so I've always loved the mountains. Um, definitely very inspired by them, and I've just always been really intrigued by geometric shapes. I mean, sometimes people see my stuff and they're like, "Oh, you must be a math person." I'm like, "Not, not really a math <laughs> person. I just think it looks cool." Um, but yeah like I love well I feel like as printmakers and book artists you are also a math person yeah yes to some degree for sure yeah Um, yeah like I love platonic solids and crystals also I think there's you know a lot of overlap there between like geometry and geography and then the natural world Um, yeah yeah so I've definitely been very intrigued by that and it has been really inspiring you know living in a very mountainous place and being able to go out in the mountains a lot is really nice um and I've also this is like a 
a different theme from the rest of those, but I have always enjoyed making lesbian art and using female imagery. Um, and I found mm-hmm. at the farmer's markets that like those prints end up selling really well. Um, so <laughs> that's what this newest block print of mine is. Um, it's like two ladies making out with leaves and stuff around them. Um, but that's been kind of fun to explore more because I think it's like something that there isn't a lot of like there are plenty of mountain landscapes and crystal art and stuff like that like I mean I I love doing that stuff too but it's like I think that you see a lot of that in other places um but as far as like finding gay imagery that's just like not as common and so I kind of feel like it's important to get it out there because people get really excited when they see it sometimes you know because they're just like not expecting it and like to see that representation I think is really important um so that's something that I kind of want to continue to explore more of also yeah absolutely I guess along those lines too about uh, like what people are reacting to um we've gone through a few different uh, iterations of who your audience could be either yeah. producing work for the book fairs uh, that Pretend Matter puts on or other people put on in larger cities, um, but then also moving to Salt Lake and producing work that you're showing at the farmer's markets. Um, how can you talk about the people that you're meeting at both these venues? Um, like, is there an overlap in the audience? Uh, what are some things you're learning from presenting work at the farmer's markets? Yeah, the farmer's market is definitely very different from the art book fairs. Um, Cause it's, I mean, people mostly go there like for produce and stuff. I, so I was doing the winter yeah. market and then the summer market, they have more um, arts and crafts vendors, but the winter market, I was the only like art vendor. So some people were just like, Oh, what is this? Whereas at the book fair, like they they know what to expect. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, some people I have to like explain a lot too, um, just like the whole process, <laughs> but that's always kind of fun when someone is like really excited or interested in the process and in what I do. Um, but yeah, it's definitely different. And also like the, books that I have there I think make a lot less sense in a farmer's market context like we're just kind of <laughs> confused sometimes I mean some people you know they get it and they're like really excited about it some people are just like what what is this um but why do I need a black yeah. light flashlight to look at this yeah yeah that one is still always the crowd pleaser people love the black light flashlight <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's been interesting kind of adapting to that. It's made me more inspired to just do more prints than books, but I do, I yeah. still want to do more books for sure. And what brought you out to Salt Lake from New York? Well, I wasn't necessarily planning on staying here. Um, yeah. I, so I left New York and was just traveling a bunch for like a year. I did. Um, some different workshops at craft schools like Penland and Haystack and Anderson Ranch in Colorado. Um, 
And so, yeah, I was just kind of bouncing around all over the place. And then I ended up meeting my girlfriend here and so decided to stay. Um, and also, oh, that's yeah, great. and I also love skiing. So it's been really great to be here for that. And so, yeah, it's been almost a year now that I have been settled here. And yeah, it's definitely a huge change from New York. I do miss New York a lot, but I'm really happy to be out here. It's nice to be in the mountains. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, a wildly different environment yeah. than, than New York City. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, my heart goes out to everyone who's there right now. I just can't even imagine. Yeah. It's rough right now. But hang in there. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer and I were just talking about that uh, yesterday or the day mm. before. Just both of our people in in New York City and thinking about everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to just to be so cooped up in an apartment and not really even have the opportunity to go for any like hikes or runs or whatever. I feel like there's New York is just so dense. There's not as much opportunity for that there, you know? Yeah. I guess also like one of the things I keep thinking about is especially with this world that we're in with uh, publishing and printmaking is the idea of the community that's surrounding it, right? Like we know each other from these book fairs and from interacting as, as publishers that then become mm -hmm. friends. Um, and we're able to stay in contact with people in all these different cities because of uh, this thing that we all share. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your relationship with that community or how you, or how you view it. Yeah. I mean, I, so when I was in LA last year, it was so great to see so many familiar faces from New York. Um, and yeah, just kind of realizing that I have met so many amazing people through doing these different book fairs and then staying in touch on Instagram or whatever it is um, that allows you yeah. to kind of continue to see someone's practice or, you know, even if you just like grab someone's business card and then look at their website and you're like, Oh, this is so cool. Um, and yeah. yeah. And there's another podcast I've been listening to called the print cast. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. He interviewed. Um, oh no. Oh, we just lost Anna. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I can send her another, um, another like. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Um. Hanging on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess to, to jump back into it, you had mentioned the uh, the Printcast podcast with uh, Leslie Duke. Yeah, right? yeah, um, yeah. So that was super inspiring to hear. She's just always so inspiring and amazing with all the projects that she's working on. Um, yeah, she's incredible. I was actually just uh, in Brooklyn and got to record an episode of our podcast oh, cool. with her. Oh my god, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and you got, yeah, I got to see her home studio, oh, which cool. is 
incredible. No, she, yeah. The amount of stuff that she packs in there is just like so amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been really cool to watch her grow because she was actually working at K-Rock when I did an internship there when I was still in school. Um, yeah. yeah, and then she ended up basically taking over my position at Powerhouse Print Shop. So, okay. Yeah, it's like it's cool how we have kind of stayed in the same little small world. Um, but yeah, she's just totally killing it with everything that she's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the, the print world and the zine world and the art book world are three very tiny yeah. worlds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know exactly where that cut out, but um, I was saying that I, especially I think right now in this time when we are isolated, it has been nice that like, I kind of feel like I don't know if it's just because I've been more active or everyone is, but like people are a little bit more active on social media and it's been really fun to see mm-hmm. what people are up to and reach out and connect. Um, Cause I, sometimes I feel like I'm just in my own little world making this stuff. And then like when you take a minute to like look at what everyone else is doing and like, just remember all the people that you know, it's, it's really fun. Um, and also mm-hmm. the people that I met from my time at Penland and Haystack and Anderson Ranch. Um, it's been really cool to stay in touch with all of them. And those, the craft school community is just super inspiring and really fun to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess as a follow-up to that, I'm like, love the, the larger community and, other printers that are really inspiring like who are some other people that you're that you're into and that you're looking at or uh kind of like exchanging information with um well stephanie dykes who runs saltgrass the uh print studio here in salt lake she is super inspiring because she i forget when they started it but like a group of people started this whole member run print shop um and she does a lot of like residencies well they have a residency where an artist can come visit there but then she also recently went and did her own residency at BAMP um so I just think she's pretty inspiring and fun to be in touch with and she's also been very encouraging to me about teaching these classes that hopefully will get scheduled again in the future um (laughs) yeah yeah and um oh there was another interview with tugboat print shop on the print cast which was fun because um, yeah. i really love her work it's interesting to hear about more of her process um yeah pittsburgh yeah. favorite <laughs> yeah yeah and also <laughs> the one with carl laroca was really cool he's also very into geometric mathy stuff um yeah he like actually has a very mathy brain i think um (laughs) yeah yeah and there's also um i'm forgetting her first name because i haven't met her and other than just following each other on instagram we haven't really exchanged information but juju books um she's a book binder in 
Glasgow, I think, but she just yeah. makes really incredible book work, like nice clamshell boxes and things like that with fun colors and fun different styles of binding and she teaches classes and stuff and um I just really love the quality of her work and everything that she's doing out of her little studio. It's really cool. Um Oh yeah, I'll yeah, yeah, and it's something I haven't really done like the fine binding in a while. Other than I actually did do some more work with David Brooks um, in January. Um, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, that was really fun to kind of revisit that project. We did a big, um, like fold out kind of pop out tunnel book that I had made a mock up of a few yeah. years ago, and then I remade it so it's a lot more sturdy. Um, because it was on display in Rome. So it was pretty exciting. And then there was another Ooh, aspect of the book that's like this kind of fold-out map thing. It had like different little pockets and things you could interact with and pull out and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was really fun to work on that project because I do love like working with book board and book cloth and all of that, even though I don't get to do it as often these days. Yeah, he's such a wonderful artist. And I thought the collaboration between the two of you seemed really interesting. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's just such an interesting person. And I'm really glad that he wanted to revisit this project that hopefully at some point I think we're going to edition it, which would be kind of insane um because it has <laughs> right now i think there are like five different books that are part of this one project there's one that's a laser cut topographic model with bookboard it's all laser cut out of bookboard and then like each layer of the model is like a page in the book and then there's the tunnel book and then there's this circular basket book that has images of the woven baskets printed and then folded in like a quarter fold so the whole thing kind of pops out um so yeah anyway that's a super fun project yeah and such an undertaking that's awesome that you you two are doing that yeah Next, before we like really wrap things up anna like how can people see what you're working on how can people collect your prints or get into your book work um so you can find me on instagram at goldbrainpress and you can see a lot of the books that I've done at goldbrainpress.com, which links you to my new Etsy shop that has all of the prints and stuff that I've made for sale, if you would like to purchase any. Yeah, I've been, I used to have all my stuff on my website, but now I have the Etsy so I can actually put everything on there. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, Anna, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Um, I'm really glad that you're doing well. I'm glad that you still have the botanical garden to be uh, caring for some plants during this time. And I'm glad that you're still working away on things you want to be printing uh, at your home studio. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Christopher and Jennifer. It's been great. And I look forward to hearing more of these episodes. And
that are just called like plant cuttings. <laughs> and, <laughs> How to propagate your words. 